0: Welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Tuesday of the 15th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all.
1: And with your spirit.
0: O God, who show the light of your truth to those who go astray, so that they may return to the right path, give all, who for the faith they profess are accounted Christians, the grace to reject whatever is contrary to the name of Christ, and to strive after all that does it honour. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, for ever and ever.
2: Amen. A reading from the book of Isaiah In the reign of Ahaz, son of Jotham, son of Uzziah, king of Judah, Razon, the king of Aram, went up against Jerusalem with Pekah, son of Remaliah, king of Israel, to lay siege to it. But he was unable to capture it. The news was brought to the house of David. Aram, they said, has reached Ephraim. Then The heart of the king and the hearts of the people shuddered as the trees of the forest shudder in front of the wind. The Lord said to Isaiah, Go with your son, Shia Jashub, and meet Ahaz at the end of the conduit of the upper pool on the Fuller's Field Road, and say to him, Pay attention, keep calm, have no fear. Do not let your heart sink because of these two smouldering stumps of firebrands, or because Aram... Ephraim and the son of Ramaliah have plotted to ruin you, and have said, Let us invade Judah and terrorize it, and seize it for ourselves, and set up a king there, the son of Tabeel. The Lord says this, It shall not come true, it shall not be. The capital of Aram is Damascus, the head of Damascus, Razon, the capital of Ephraim, Samaria, the head of Samaria, the son of Ramaliah. Six or five years more, and a shattered Ephraim shall no longer be a people. But if you do not stand by me, you will not stand at all. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Responsorial Psalm God upholds his city forever. God upholds his city forever. The Lord is great and worthy to be praised in the city of our God. His holy mountain rises in beauty, the joy of all the earth. God upholds his city forever. Mount Zion, true pole of the earth, the great king's city. God, in the midst of its citadels, has shown himself its stronghold. God upholds his city forever. For the kings assembled together, together they advanced. They saw, at once, they were astounded, dismayed, They fled in fear. God upholds his city forever. A trembling seized them there, like the pangs of birth. By the east wind you have destroyed the ships of Tarshish. God upholds his city forever. Alleluia, alleluia. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts. Alleluia. Alleluia.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew.
1: Glory to you, O Lord.
0: Jesus began to reproach the towns in which most of his miracles had been worked because they refused to repent. Alas for you, Chorazin! Alas for you, Bethsaida! If the miracles done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. And still... I tell you that it will not go as hard on Judgment Day with Tyre and Sidon as with you. And as for you, Capernaum, did you want to be exalted as high as heaven? You shall be thrown down to hell. If the miracles done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have been standing yet. And still, I tell you that it will not go as hard with the land of Sodom on Judgment Day as with you. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ.
0: What if I said, alas, Assisi and Siena, alas for you, Vatican City. For if the miracles done in you had been done in Hollywood or Las Vegas or Amsterdam, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. Kind of packs a punch, doesn't it? But that's exactly what Jesus is saying in the gospel today. Chorazin, Bethsaida, these are the places where Jesus has been doing his missionary work. This is where he's been preaching and healing. Capernaum, that's kind of home base for him. But he says, look, on Judgment Day, it will go easier with Tyre and Sidon. Now, Tyre and Sidon, they're in modern day Lebanon. They're in the north. And, you know, when you read the scriptures, Tyre and Sidon, they're places that are common locations of persecution of the people of God. If you remember, a few weeks ago, we had a cycle of readings from the first book of Kings about the prophet Elijah and how King Ahab and his wife persecuted him, how Ahab's wife Jezebel had introduced the worship of pagan gods into the kingdom of Israel. And of course, where was Jezebel from? Sidon. And so Tyre and Sidon, they they stand as a kind of code of places that are established against the reign of God. They're the ones who persecute the prophets. They're the ones who stand in opposition to God's plan and his people. And yet here Jesus is saying that on Judgment Day, it will go harder for Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum because the miracles that were worked in them should have brought them to repentance and had these miracles been worked in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented. I'll be honest with you, I think this gospel should make us a little bit unsettled. And the reason why is because, you know, Jesus is clearly talking to us. You know, there are scores of people who live in the Tyres and Sidons of the world. You know, those who've never heard the gospel, those who've had no encounter with Jesus, those who live in our contemporary Tyres and Sidons. For you and me, we're Chorazin, we're Bethsaida, we're Capernaum. We're the ones who have Jesus in our midst, speaking to us daily, giving us the constant strengthening of his sacraments, of his word, and of his grace. What is there that he hasn't given us? We're the Capernaums, we're the Chorazins, we're the Bethsaidas. And so Jesus, having preached, having worked in the midst of these towns, now looks to them with the expectation that they will be repentant and fruitful. That's us. I don't know if you've noticed, but the sharpest criticisms that Jesus has are for the religious Those who profess faith, but who fail to live up to it. Those who allow their religion to puff them up with self-righteousness. That kind of self-righteousness that looks down the nose at the others. What would your average villager in Bethsaida say about people from Tyre and Sidon? Sneer at them be a bit judgmental about their conduct, and how would they look at themselves? We're the in-crowd. We're the ones who say our prayers, we follow the commandments, God looks at us and he's impressed. And he has good reason to be impressed because we're not like those from Tyre and Sidon. You know, when you put it in kind of stark terms like that, it, it seems pretty kind of distasteful, a bit disgusting but I reckon we need to examine our own hearts for that spirit of self-righteousness. I don't know if you keep an eye on the Catholic blogs, um, but my gosh, they can be nasty, really mean-spirited, attacking, and, and usually against fellow Catholics. Uh, and, you know, they're not always wrong in the criticisms that they make, but my goodness, the spirit in which they're made sometimes betrays an incredible sense of self-righteousness. And what would Jesus say to us? I gave you every gift of grace. I proclaimed to you the gospel. I gave you the church and its teachings and its truth. You had every reason to be humble. And you had every reason to produce the fruits of charity and love. Alas for you, if I'd given these gifts to others, they would have produced the fruits, and you didn't. You wanted to be exalted as high as heaven? You wanted to be high and mighty? You'll be cast down to hell. Uh, <laughs> now you're uncomfortable? I am. I sure as heck am. What on earth made Chorazin, Bethsaida and Capernaum think that they were done with repentance? That they were done acknowledging their own poverty? That they were done with humility? No, we're never done with these things. We're never through examining our own consciences, discovering our weaknesses and coming to God and begging for his mercy. And it's precisely this attitude, it's precisely this humble heart that makes it possible for us to look toward others with mercy. This is the logic of the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, the kingdom of heaven is theirs. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, because they shall see God. I don't think you can say that about Chorazin and Bethsaida and Capernaum. And I wonder if we can say that about us. You know, sometimes Jesus' greatest obstacles are the ones who are standing closest to him. And the ones who hold the crowds away from Jesus are the ones who are encircling him and putting everyone else off. More than anyone else. The disciples of Jesus have the greatest cause to be humble because they have been given the most. And to those whom much is given, much is expected. I'm going to hazard a guess that if you're listening to a Catholic podcast on a weekday, you have been given an extraordinary amount of grace by Jesus that you've been drawn into his intimate friendship. And that is no reason for us to take pride, but instead to become yet more humble, always repentant and turning to the Lord, depending on his merciful love. At the Saviour's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say... we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ.
1: For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever.
0: Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion.
1: My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot, at this moment, receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen.
0: The Lord be with you.
1: And with your spirit.
0: May Almighty God bless you At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us.